0: Welcome to GovCast, connecting with federal IT's top decision makers. I'm your host, Amy Kluber. GSA is at the heart of helming efforts that deliver for the people and taxpayers, as Administrator Robin Carnahan puts it. Carnahan isn't new to the agency, and certainly not in technology. She previously led 18F in 2016. And as Secretary of State of Missouri, she oversaw a lot of efforts to improve government operations via smart use of technology. Plus, she's an advocate for diversity and recruitment efforts to make technology equitable and modernized for the next generation. All this also underpins a GSA program offering funding opportunities for entrepreneurial federal employees through its 10X shop and a few priority areas the administration is taking. And remember, submissions are due November 16th. Hi, Robin. Thanks so much for joining us on GovCast. It's great to have you. I'm looking forward to chatting and getting to know uh, your journey to government. It's great to be here, Amy. So you've you've had a prominent career in government, uh, having served as Secretary of State of Missouri, my second home, now serving as GSA's administrator, but you've also been recognized as a technology leader in many aspects. What role has technology played in your roles and in, in your past, and how has it shaped kind of your philosophy and your position?
1: Yeah, it's a really good question. It's it's funny. I'm not a technologist by training. I am a lawyer by profession and also did a lot in business over the years. And when I became secretary of state, it was really clear that technology would be how we had to deliver service to people. I remember the first day walking into the office and being introduced around and noticing that there were more people manually opening envelopes and depositing checks to uh, renew their business licenses in the state than we had in a whole IT department. So I spent eight years of my time uh, as Secretary of State figuring out how to automate things, move services online, customers loved it, right? Because they could have 24 seven access to things. We were able to cut costs and cut red tape. But I also found uh, what happens when those projects go wrong, right, and, and the patterns that come up with that. And so after I left office, um, we did some really creative, fun things. Talked to a lot of people about technology and government service delivery. And, you know, it turned out it was the thing that caused me to lose more sleep than anything I did while I was in office was the rollout of some IT platform. And it's kind of the dirty little secret for a lot of people in government is like, they're very worried about these things because when they go wrong, it means the policy seems like it's a failure or the government doesn't work. And so, you know, in the olden days, it used to be if you couldn't Get the snow and you were the mayor. Like you didn't deserve to be mayor because that's like a basic part of your job is being able to get the snow plowed. Today, I think, as I say, making the damn websites work is sort of a fundamental part of being in government, and uh, people need to understand that. So that's what led me originally to join GSA at 18F uh, during the Obama and Trump administrations, where I led a team that
0: was helping state and local governments stand up tech modernization projects more successfully. Wow. And when we think about technology, especially now, it's, it underpins everything. You can't really do anything without it.
1: Yeah, that's right. I mean, we, we, we certainly saw that during the pandemic, didn't we?
0: Right. Right.
1: That uh, there was very quickly trillions of dollars being spent to help people at their time of need. And yet it didn't get to people, whether it's small businesses or families in need or somebody who'd lost their job. And why? It was because of the tech. And too often, the people who needed it couldn't use it because we had these antiquated systems. And too often, the wrong people who shouldn't have got the money were able to scam it because of these antiquated systems. So we're in a position to do something about that at GSA. And that's what's so exciting for me to be able to be here right now.
0: GSA has so many, I guess, facets in the technology modernization ecosystem that's going on in government right now. There's, you know, the technology transformation services. There's 18F which is amazing. You were kind of involved in 18F and its beginnings. Is that right?
1: Uh, It it had been around for a year or two by the time I arrived. But yeah, I was there early on. um, And it's been fun to watch that grow. There are other pieces, as you mentioned, at the Technology Transformation Service that also serve external to GSA government partners and try to help them set these projects up for success. And also state locals, uh, they help them as well. Uh, The other piece that's really exciting for me is the tech modernization fund. That's something that has been around for a few years, but in the American rescue plan got a big infusion of money. And it's fantastic because one of the problems with technology and government is I don't get, I don't mean to geek out completely on you here, but is starts way before you start building the technology. It starts with how you procure it. And then before that, even how you budget for it. And so oftentimes you have, congressional committees who maybe don't know that much about technology being the ones who are asked for the money and are overseeing the project. And the TMF is an opportunity to do things differently. It's people who are technologists are overseeing the projects and deciding how much money it gets. And the speed of being able to turn around a request for money is completely different than an appropriation cycle. And tech moves fast. And needs change quickly. And so to be able to move at the speed of need and have technologists be involved in that is just a really much smarter way to uh, make these tech investments.
0: Definitely, especially from GSA's position as you know the General Services Administration being one that caters to the entirety of government. That's such an important program. And then another one is 10X. So tell us about 10X. I just recently came to know about 10X and some of the work that it's doing. Uh, so what is it and and what's going on with it right now? Yeah, 10X is a
1: really interesting program. And it was something that started when I was at GSA before. It, I think of it like a, a seed capital fund. Like if you think about an investment fund that wants to give a little bit of money to this good idea, Amy, that you might bring to the table. Uh, and then if it proves out and it seems like a better idea after some investigation or there's a big market demand for it. Then you get a little bit more money and then you get the next round of money. And so it's, it's a way to get ideas from the federal workforce. They're the ones who are closest to the customers. They're the ones who know what the problems and opportunities are to seed that, you know, a lot of companies do this already. They'll give employees a certain amount of time to spend on some project idea that they have, but to be able to do that in government is fantastic. And 10
0: X is a way to do it. Awesome. So the, the new funding opportunities or investment opportunities, I guess, if you will, how can government get involved in those and, and what are some of the priority areas that you're looking to invest in and why? So, so
1: we're looking for ideas across the board from federal employees. And in the last uh, few years, we've had more than a thousand submissions from federal employees. We've funded almost uh, 300 projects. Uh, for, you know, just under $29 million all in. So the thing that's exciting to me is that the impact of those projects has been vast. I mean, just one project alone called login.gov, there are already 35 million people who use this service in 28 federal agencies. So that's a pretty big impact for a thing that started as just somebody's good idea. So the next round that we're trying to solicit We don't limit it. So if anybody has any good idea, we're ready to hear it. But we're particularly interested in things related in three areas. One is uh, climate and what we as the government can be doing today that can have an impact in 20 years. right? How how can we reduce uh, emissions? How can we do things that are going to have a long-term impact for the country when it comes to climate? The next area is uh, equity and delivery. And the question there is like, how can we use government technology to promote more equitable service delivery uh, for all Americans? Uh, The third is how you can reimagine public engagement. Um, What that means is how do you use technology to help the the public get information and then respond and be able to give feedback. So three really interesting areas.
0: Awesome. And obviously it's a very... I guess, timely considering some of the priorities in the administration and some of the opportunities that technology has been proven to help in.
1: I will say that I,
0: not only are they administration priorities, I think they're also things that
1: people think about. Like this, these are topics that you're talking about around the dinner table some and with your friends. So these are topics that are in the news and matter today very much. So I'm really pleased that the team is focusing on them.
0: Absolutely. You mentioned login.gov. I didn't realize that was a 10x yeah. project. That's awesome. Started as a 10x
1: project years ago and uh it and you know it has just grown over time and as you probably know it got recently a really big infusion of money from the tech modernization fund to expand even further. And so we hope to double the number of users in the next year or so.
0: Amazing. There has to be so many people in government right now that have such solutions that they can you know, come to the table with uh, making meaningful strides on through this program. How can someone get involved in working on those now and through this opportunity with the 10X?
1: Well, it's a very lightweight process to
0: apply to, for the first round of funding. So I'd encourage
1: people to go to the 10X website, The GS, you can look up GSA 10X and you can find it. And it's very easy. It's not going to take you very long to apply. Uh, And the deadline for applications for this next round is November 16th. So I would encourage people to to do it before then. Uh, The potential for impact is is incredible. And you don't always know at the time how big the impact is going to be. There was was one um, project back in 2016 that came to the 10X team. And it was basically somebody who had been looking at a bunch of different government websites and just said, You know, they're inconsistent, they're outdated, they just have this old look and feel and they're not accessible in any way. Like they're not accessible for for people and they're not very sort of human centered in any way. And so the idea there was to come up with what's called the US web design system. And it's been been an incredible success, far beyond what anybody could have imagined. There are nearly a billion, with a B, page views of websites that are based on U.S. web design system. And that was a 10X project that somebody just came up with and said, why don't we have something that looks like of an official government website that, is, that bakes in accessibility and then make those standards open source so it's really easy
0: for any agency at any level of government to adopt them. Amazing. Talk about digital delivery for sure. Some of these digital services, you know, have been incredibly important over the pandemic. And you've mentioned it yourself. Where do you see the future of digital services in government? Talking about some of these opportunities that are just running rampant, that technology can solve. How is digital services going to evolve over time and and meet the citizen where they are? Yeah, it's a a great question. And I, I think that we just have to be more intentional
1: in government about being user centered in in what we do and because in our everyday lives look we can walk down the street and order a pair of shoes and have them delivered to our house the next day we've been we've gotten used to these delightful digital experiences and so when we go to a government website or go to interact with government and it doesn't work frankly i think it undermines people's faith in government's ability to deliver it undermines people's faith in democracy and so when I talk about making the websites work, it's not just about a website. It's about rebuilding trust uh, that government can be effective in delivering for people.
0: Is there anything that you think needs to be changed in order to truly unlock the full benefits of technology right now? Oh,
1: yeah. Well, there there are tons of things that need to be changed. Um, Look, there's... We, we need to clearly get more uh, tech talent in in government so that we can be better uh, buyers and know, know what we're working with, with the vendor community that helps make these things real. And we have to be smarter about how these tools are used for the public good. You know, AI is a perfect example of that, right? That we know, we know out in the ether that AI and machine learning is a thing that's becoming more ubiquitous all the time. And the question is what? that should look like in a way that is used for the public good and not for harm. And, and one of the 10X projects actually is working with the census on this very question. And they're about to release a, a toolkit on combating bias in AI that I think has the potential like the web design standards to really be a stake in the ground about what good should look like and what doing the, having these tools for the public good uh, would look like so. Stay tuned for that
0: one. Awesome, that's also timely as well uh, regarding AI, um, equitable AI, and then some of the digital equity projects that you're talking about and, and aims there. But it's exciting times, and when we're talking about equity, some of the, the prominent things that you should be mindful of is that tech talent, as you mentioned. So how can we? How can government really lure in that next generation of tech talent? to have a truly diverse and equitable tech future? Yeah,
1: that's a great question. I think about it all the time. One of the things that keeps me up at night now is how how we're going to retain and, and recruit new talent into the government in the years ahead. My general view of this is that a lot of people would, would like to be able to work on something that's bigger than themselves. They'd like to give back to their communities. But they don't always know what the right entry point is into public service. So part of our job, I think, is to make it easy for people who are kind of interested in this to like raise their hand and say, yeah, i want I want to give this a try. And so we're coming up with different ways to do that. One is offering we call them tour of duty opportunities um, for folks who want to want to do public service so that it's not always the traditional go through the traditional, you know career path of of a federal employee. So, 18F is a good example of that. They're tours of duty, but USDS and others throughout the government do that. Another is to make it e- make it easier to go through the federal hiring process. Like that's not a small barrier, right? So it it can be job descriptions may look different than they are in the private sector, or your government resume looks completely different than a, a traditional resume. And so we're trying to both sort of bring those things together a little bit so it's easier for people to say yes. And then telework, I think, is going to be a big part of this, right? It's it's one thing to uh, say you want to serve and have a commitment to that. It's another to have to uproot your family and move someplace to do that. And so the more we can open up these opportunities to have a really big impact in government, but you don't have to move, that's smart because we have just a whole new pool of talent that we can recruit. We had another thing that we came up with recently. We, we found that For younger people, there wasn't a great pipeline, so newly graduated, early career technologists in particular, that there was no good pathway into government. And so we created—we heard about that and created a thing called the U.S. Digital Corps, which is for early stage talent. And so that's being launched. um, I think that might be open right now,
0: but if anybody's interested, sign up. It's a really neat opportunity to do a tour early in your career in government. Amazing. Yeah, There, it's definitely been fascinating to watch on the media side, just all the, the things that are happening in government right now. And, you know, technology is booming. I feel like it's an exciting time to be in technology right now. And it, for anyone in government, whether it's through 10X, or some of the other initiatives and, and programs, I think the opportunities are there. It's just a matter of doing it.
1: <laughs> That's right. It's just time to go. And, and again, is that, this isn't uh I often tell people, it's not like you have to do this forever. This is a a tour of duty. The good news is, I will tell you, oftentimes when people get into government, they get hooked because it is an amazing opportunity to have a really big impact. I mean, one of the things that people in technology want is to have an impact. They want their work to be for, for the good. And there are only so many, you know tracker apps or whatever that you can come up with uh, to sort of get yourself out of bed in the morning. But if you get to do something that, you know, creates a, creates something where, you know, hundreds of thousands of people are more easily having access to, to food stamp and SNAP benefits uh, to take care of their kids. That's what you can do in government.
0: Awesome. Well, Robin, thank you so much for talking with us. Uh, It's been fascinating. I'm You know, you're in Missouri right now yourself. I'm a little bit jealous, that being my second home, but is it cold? Yes,
1: it it, uh, froze overnight. I was out running in Forest Park this morning and there was frost everywhere.
0: Oh, well, I'll be there in about a month. So, you know, I have that. But thank you so much for joining us. And it's been a great talk about 10X. I'm looking forward to seeing what comes out of the program and some of the, the work that GSA is continuing to modernize around IT. So thank you.
1: Thank you. Look forward to talking again.
0: GovCast is a production of Government CIO Media and Research. For more podcasts, head to our website. And please, if you liked what you heard, let us know by leaving us a review in iTunes. We continue to strive to help you connect with federal IT's top decision makers. Thanks for listening.